You're listening to Everybody Has Shit. Kim Reed gets real about her autoimmune struggles and other health and wellness issues we all face on a day-to-day basis. Only open-minded and honest talk. Hi, John Browner. Hello, Kim. So we are settling back in after we've talked to so many people. And it's been interesting because of the overwhelming responses that we've had. I mean, it is unbelievable. The response to mystery illness, the response to autoimmune, the response to just people dealing with their shit every day. I mean, I knew we would hear something back when we started this podcast. I just didn't realize it was going to be the volume that it's been. Uh, you know, you never know whenever you sit down to to do something, you never yeah. really know the response you're going to get until you actually put it out there. Or in this particular case, when we actually started recording, I felt like a lot of times we were recording with people. I could feel that these conversations were genuine. They were real. Yeah. And, I, and I knew that they would come off that way. I think it's hard when you start doing um, uh, health and wellness, whether people will actually be able to feel the conversations. But these were so these were so personal. And these were so close to people because these are people going through these illnesses every day. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's the part that you can hear in the interview that it's it, it sits with you. You can sit with it. You can you can hear the not the anguish, but you can hear some of the pain that some of these people have gone through. Yeah. And I think that's what that's what has made the response to these so well. But I think anguish is a really great way to describe it, because it does involve that mm-hmm. wholeheartedly. And, and because people keep it so close and locked in, um, it was just, and some of this stuff that was shared is so personal, Yeah. but, but, but they didn't hold back. And, and because of that, it makes me and you want to get out there and solve all these issues for everybody somehow, some way. You know, what's funny. It's when people agree to do these things, because before I started interviewing people, just like 10 years ago, I always would say, why would a person tell all their business like that? (laughs) But once you sit with the person to do these interviews, I think after a couple of minutes, the individual that you're interviewing, their guard comes down and and they just want to talk about it to get it off their chest. Yeah. to get it to get it out of their spirit and i think that's the part about it that i've learned over the last 10 years of interviewing people is that once you get people talking about something and they realize that you're invested and you're interested in the actual conversation they'll tell you whatever it is that you want to know so it's just up to the questionnaire to to ask good questions and to read the person and you did a great job on that with everyone we interviewed well i know that everybody's vulnerable and you don't want to take advantage of those vulnerabilities right. But on by the same token, it is those vulnerabilities that can create a bigger problem for us. So we need to like break the walls, share, which is exactly what's been happening. Learn about ourselves. You know, that some of the things that I've learned is the, uh, the friendships the people that you surround yourself with are extremely important. And even a lot of these people that I maybe I knew in the periphery, I didn't know very well. Once they share something like this, automatically they're like inside your close personal circle. I think one of the people uh, when we were doing this, uh, Kayliani, I, I can't, I always, I think I get the last name wrong, not the first name, but that's all right. Her story was just unbelievable Yeah, for, for a child to go through that. 
And Ravens was very good as well because him trying to explain that as a child was had to be very difficult as well. And so those two stories are the two that that stick out to me the most. I thought one of the ones that we did, and I wasn't, I, I didn't see that part coming, was at the end of our our uh, interview with Omid, the things that she shared at the end, and when she got really emotional, I didn't see that coming at all. But you yeah. you 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 get with these people, and they start sharing themselves, and the burden in the speech, it it's moving, it's emotional, and I think again these people who we've interviewed yeah i think they want to talk about it just as much as we want to hear from them oh it's so true yeah it's so true when when we discuss you know this podcast that we're doing people on the street that i don't even know it's just like boom there mm -hmm. it is i'm going to share with you this thing that is 5000 pound weight that i've been carrying around that i can't share right. and so we have a lot of goals on this podcast and one of them which um, I think would be very helpful to people listening is we want to create a live Zoom with mm -hmm. a doctor, somebody that can answer some of these questions. Now, we're not saying we can cure anybody. We're not saying that we have the absolute um, remedy for you. All we can do is share what we know, what we've been through, the things that have helped us with our hair or the things right. that have maybe taken the sting off of our body pains. Because I think one of the things that we're trying to do as a podcast is create a, a listening device for people who don't have that person to sound these sounds off of. A, a sounding board, I guess, is a, for a better way to explain it. But to have a doctor sit with four or five people who we can get to come on here yeah. and just in a relaxed environment, ask questions. To get right. a, an esthetician to come on and not to just to ask questions so people can, in a untimed, well, I mean, an hour, be polite to the people who are answering the questions, just a, an amount of time so that they can sit with people in a group and kind of talk to a professional about what's happening to them, what may be happening to someone they know, and just a way for people to begin to communicate. So it's interesting because a lot of times you don't know what doctors to go to, who to see. Right. On, on average, it takes four to six years and five different doctors to get a proper, this is just autoimmune diagnosis. That's a lot. That's asking a lot of us as individuals, people who didn't go to medical school, mm -hmm. who we have to, we have to, we do have to become our own physicians. I think people always say, oh, you know, your own body. Like, yeah, you may know your own body, but you know how to help it. Yeah. Like you, you don't even know who to call to help That's it. it. Like, I, and, and it's 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 such a weird thing for a person to be like, oh, this hurts, but I don't know how to stop this from hurting. And exactly. you, you just go to a like a doctor's like a a 7-Eleven. I'm gonna try to make as much sense of this as I possibly can. A doctor's uh, like a 7-Eleven. Okay. Yes, they can help you with toilet paper. Yes, they can help you with a hot dog. Yes, they can help you with a, a wide array of things, but you need to go to a specialist when things get really, really bad. And how do you find that right specialist? I think right. that's that's the thing. Like we go to a doctor expecting for a doctor to have all the answers. We go to a 7-Eleven and get something that we need quickly. Well, our health cannot be no. answered quickly. There are no shortcuts no. to health. So no. I think 
And when, and when the doctors often look at you, a lot of the common um, pieces of information that these women and some men have said is they think you're cuckoo. Yeah, but if you go to a doctor, going into a doctor, you should know how to communicate with that doctor. Yeah, but, but, you, but you may be communicating as well as and the best to your ability. But a lot of times they just brush you off and they're like, oh, it's just that, oh, it's just that, you know, and no. When you, I, I would ask this question because now you've been to enough doctors that you can absolutely answer this question. Your first couple of times, did you even know what to ask the doctor? No, you don't even know how to describe it. Right. And so they only know the information that they're given. I and so, know. Okay. But, but that's what I'm saying. And yeah. so I, I get what you're saying, but for us to try to uh, uh, make these things digestible for people, mm -hmm. I think that'll be a great question I will have for a doctor. How, what would, be, what would be your best advice that you would give to someone coming into your office to get there, to get to the bottom of their issue as best as they can in a visit? Because yeah. I think a lot of times you could be the best talker in the world. You go into a doctor's office, you will say two words. This hurts. Okay, seven out of 10. <laughs> like, because but it's true. It's true. And, and we, and we want just a single little diagnosis and we want a pill and we want to say, okay, boop, see ya. It don't work like that. Good luck. I know, but that's the way we want it to work. And so I think, I think a, a podcast like that would be great. A skincare podcast, a hair podcast. Yeah. I, I, I think just in some of these, just talking to people about how you feel when you're going through something has been one of the biggest revelations for me is this. And we are, and this is the message that I came out of it because we've got more to come. Yeah. Um, you're not what's happening to you. Right. Of what we've, of all the things that we've, we've, we've recorded and, and we've sat through and, and listened to people and, and been encouraged by people. That's the one thing at the end of this, I 100% took away. These people are not what happened to them. That, that doesn't define who they are. They're just going through this. That's not the person. It's the, it's the disease. It's the illness. And you can't let that become who you are. You can't let that define you as a person. And all of the people that we've spoken to are either in the process of overcoming that or have overcome that. That is a very blurry line. I know. I know. Very blurry. Because you don't want to become that illness. You for sure. And once you've been up in it, for a while you then realize you are becoming this this is all you know this is all you complain about in your own in the confines of your own home that's all your husband and your kids know and you know you've it's a reckoning that you have to deal with um, and sometimes you can pull yourself out of it and sometimes you can't but you're absolutely right you as an individual don't want to become that and it's but it's freeing to have tools to not be yes that. yes well of the people we interviewed, what were some of the moments that stood out to you? Oh my gosh, so many. So Kaylee on his strength, Raven's advice and his succinct approach to life, Omid's openness and emotion. Um, I loved Jim Brogan's enthusiasm mm -hmm. for life and how to live. And look, my takeaway from his is that you think you've got it bad you take your butt down to a children's hospital mm -hmm. and you look at what is going on in those hallways there. And it gives you another perspective on life. That's pretty profound. 
and he he's he's a liver. He's a a liver. Uh, that's not right. He's a liver. Not a kidney. He he lives. He 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 wants to participate in life. He doesn't want to waste any of it sleeping. He's just got that motivation about him. And I actually want to have him back on again because he just has such a wealth of information to invigorate you, which I think is so important. I also thought um, Anita was very good because she talked a lot. She talked about having to step away, like similar to what you did, having to step away because something dramatic happened to them. Yeah. And people are like, well, where did you go? And it's like, <laughs> she didn't go anywhere. She just no. stopped doing what you knew her as of doing. Yeah. And I think that's, that's when it, and it gets back to this thing isn't me. Mm -hmm. The brain tumor is extremely serious. And trying to find out how I got this, how do I get rid of this? It's it's a very daunting thing yeah. for someone to relay that that diagnosis on you. And and her story of how she was able to kind of work her way through that was amazing as well. No, it's just the openness that people are sharing their stories is really comforting. And hopefully it's comforting everybody who is listening. I cannot tell you the different the, the people that have contacted us and the different diagnosis and things that they are dealing with, it's really unbelievable. And we individually, we have a list of everybody's things that they've got going on from hair loss to just some of these illnesses that we've never heard of. Right. Right. That, are affect, that affect children that their children are dealing with and that we want to delve more deeply into because people don't want to be stranded. That right. is, that's super important. So all of us taking this emotional ride together, you know, is a big deal. And the hair thing is a big deal. So we want to address that. I, I, I had somebody and I had the, I have the name. He, she reached out to me and said, you know, I can have wigs made for you. Um, I can take care of this for you because during moments when you do have hair loss, you feel pretty shitty and you feel shitty on top of shitty and you don't want that. So she's offered her help to me and her expertise to have some wigs made when I have flare ups and when my hair falls out. And that's pretty remarkable. And we want to share that with everybody. I think when one of the things, uh, another thing that has dawned on me as well, like I was never a big hair person. I never, like, I don't, as you can clearly see now, I don't care about my hair. I'm not, I'm not really <laughs> driven by hair. Yeah. But during these interviews, just what it means to people when their hair starts to fall out. Cause I think it's such a, I don't even know the word to describe like the pain in these people's eyes when they start talking about their hair. It gave me a completely different perspective because I, I see guys with the cul-de-sac like this, this bald and yeah. they holding on to this. You got a couple strings over the top. I'm like, bro, just get just buzz that joint off. Like, let's move along. <laughs> I know, but here's the deal. But it means. Because you've never had to think about it. Right, right, right. It means it means John Browner, you appreciate every strand on that head of yours. That's I, what that means. I did not, I did not know that until we started doing these interviews about how much the hair impacted a person's daily feeling, their yes. their observation of themselves, their yes. self-image. 
And yes. it was like, wow. Okay, well, yeah, put that wig on, man. Like, keep that cold to sack. <laughs> like, what? Keep that comb over. Do whatever you got to do. Hold on to it. You know, you you take it for granted. And also, you know, guys that are losing their hair, shit, that's not easy. So, uh, you know, we're there's all kinds of things out there mm -hmm. that work with some, don't work with others. And I've got a few things that have worked for me and we want to share all of that information and this journey. Mm -hmm. And part of, I want to find the name of that company. I'm sorry, I had it right here. Um, that is, wants to help us with the hair. And hold on one second, I do have it right. We'll get the, I think in the future, in, in the second season of this. Yeah, yeah. We're going to get so many different types of help on. I think we wanted to spend the first season kind of concentrating on the people, kind of concentrating on the stories. Yes. To kind of let people know why we started doing this and where yes. this entire thing even came from. And I think the next time around, we'll have time to now start telling people, this is how you get help for certain things. Exactly. Because when we first had this conversation on, on, on doing this, it was very, it was very out of nowhere, really. But it was one of those things where you had it on your mind. And I had it on my mind. And I had at the time, I had no idea what was going on with you. No. And, and when you told me what was going on with you, I said, man, this is this this has to be shared. And you were the vehicle to do that because you have such a great experience in in communicating in a way that people feel welcomed by. And to use that gift now in a, in a way, way, way more important than. Uh, next up is the Bee Gees. Like that's like that's like <laughs> that's Hotel cool. California, right? Right. Like that's cool. Don't get me wrong. Like, that's great. But yeah. the way that you, all those things led you to be able to do this right here, right yeah. now. You yeah. and I came together, kind of like a marriage, Browner. That's kind of what we got going here. Yeah. On the same wavelength. Life is about timing. Mm -hmm. You know, you can plan all you want, but being ready at the moment. And that's right. you and I came together. It was unbelievable. And um, your insight is great because your perspective on all of this has changed because of this. Yes. And because of this, and I know you've had, you know, being an athlete, you've mm -hmm. had uh, issues with different parts of your body. Mm -hmm. And so you do have some perspective on pain, physical mm -hmm. pain, and being able to appreciate it when you don't have it. It's the same principle. I think, Not forgetting that. I think the greatest teacher in life is having a very physically healthy body and then hurting the smallest thing on your body and having it be a complete <laughs> wreck. Like a complete wreck. I'm not talking about like, oh, I have a headache. I'm talking about, oh, I stubbed my toe. I say like, turf toe. Right, like something so <laughs> insignificant that you would yeah. never happen think think of it until you heard it. Yeah. Like you heard a, you get a hangnail. You ah. And so <laughs> it's been one of those things where you you don't really and so then imagine, and this really get, made me way more sympathetic to the to what we were doing was yeah. Now imagine someone like Kayliana going through what she went through and not knowing anything or not even being old enough to even have a good physical day, to know what it's like to be, have a mature body and not have any pain in it. Yeah. Like I've, I've been fortunate enough to have that. Like there's so many people like her, like her out here. And it's, it, it, that story stuck with me so much. I know. I know she's a pretty special girl yeah. and she is continuing to work to get
the word out about her and her Bichette's syndrome mm -hmm. and everything else that she's dealing with. Um, speaking of the specifics in illnesses, I did get a diagnosis. And my diagnosis, it's something called small fiber sensory neuropathy. And in order to actually confirm that that's what I had, I have to, I had to have like two little tiny plugs uh, just below my epidermis taken out of each hip. And um, so they could test the nerve endings. And based on that, they were able to actually diagnose it with that. And it affects all the small nerve endings in your nervous system. So there's different degrees of it. There's different ways that it affects everybody. So for a long time, I didn't think it was important to have a diagnosis. I was like, screw it. I'm sick of looking. I'm sick of all the doctor's appointments, but it actually is. You can check that off. Okay. So now I know, but it doesn't change my course of medication, which is a bummer. When you, but I think you're doing yourself a disservice because when you say that, what you're leaving out is all the things you went through to find out what you actually have. Because this, this has been a long journey. So yeah. give people, because I think people don't understand, because you can say that now, and it's, and it's with a sigh of relief. Yeah. It, it, it had gotten to the point where it was so many things, like you just said, you was like, ah, whatever. I don't, I don't ever care if it's diagnosed. I'm in pain. Like, I don't, I don't. I didn't. At this point, yeah. I don't care what you call it. I'm in this relationship. Give people a list of what you thought you had over all this time. So I thought it was menopause. And then I was diagnosed with Lyme's disease, Bartonella, celiac, you know, and then you're changing your diet around. You're going to extremes with the diet. Because at one point uh, you had two pages of stuff you couldn't eat. Oh, three pages. And yeah, I had my my little pages with me. I'm looking to see okay, all the time. Yeah, I remember uh, that. Yeah, because you and I would go out to lunch a lot. Yeah. Um, and then it was a possibility of Sjogren's. Um, wasn't that I had to have a biopsy in my mouth where they took out a piece of skin underneath in inside your lip, and that was negative. Um, and so they tested for this, and so it came back positive. Um, how long, but, how long before you found out it was this? Four years. Oh. Four years? Oh, oh, over four years. Four and a half years. Yeah. I mean, when you, have, when you have shit going on, you know, it's like being pregnant. You know how many months you've been <laughs> pregnant. I know how long I've had this thing. <laughs> so, but so now my quest is to figure out relief because all these meds, browner, screw you up. I believe it. And I'll tell you, one of the biggest ways they screw you up, and I can't believe I'm going to say this. See, it's happening if, to you now. I'm going to say it. If you're regular, <laughs> appreciate it. Because, I mean, I'm on double doses of like Lyrica, and it, oh. What is that? What does it do? It. It re it, so it, in order to help the nerves, it like relaxes everything. And so when it does that, I guess with the intestinal part of you, there's no contracting. So you can't you gotta go. You can't. I can't. Oy. I mean, I know, I know, I know. What the hell? Why are we talking about this? But it's a fact. And the thing is, you don't want to get on other drugs, but holy hell. So I'm really trying. So now I'm, I've, 
I'm going to another doctor and we'll see what the results of that are. I have an appointment in a few weeks. How many doctors have you seen? I mean, I've seen a lot, but but now I'm trying different paths. I have my one main doctor and now mm-hmm. I'm going off on different avenues to try and figure out if I can actually get relief from these flare-ups. And a lot of stuff starts from the gut. I'm learning out, like there's a direct correlation with a lot of illnesses. And I know we've heard of this leaky gut thing. Well, I'm trying to figure out more about it. So um, that's my new path. And we'll see if I have any relief. And I want to share this. And I want to bring people in to my path and see if it Mm -hmm. helps them. I mean, you know, I've got this list of all this crap that people are dealing with and they shouldn't. And it makes me mad when, when they've been going on for this long and this misery, we got to figure this out. I think, I think the second season of this show, is going to be very different than the first. Yeah. Cause I think we were on a explaining journey the first time around. Mm-hmm. And now I think the second season will be more of a healing journey. Yeah. And I, I think that the healing, you, you have to go through the suffering to get to the healing. And I think that the healing part of this journey is going to be just as special because I think helping people find ways to feel better is, is you, you can't put a price on it. You, you, can't, yeah. you can't explain it. You can't put it into words. And so I can't wait to get started on it. I know. I agree. It, it, it makes me feel good and sad. It makes me feel good that we're right. It's a weird balance, right? It is. And I'm sad for all the people and all the, the, the messages that we've received. I'm sad for them, but I'm hopeful at the same time. So that's what, uh, the purpose of this is, is to share and to try and figure this out for each other, Mm -hmm. for each other. And when you, when you help each other, then it's, it's a good thing for you. And we are, we are, again, we're off to a good start. And I think it's only going to go up from here. I think it's only, we're, we were, we're thankful. We yep. thank everybody who took part in this, whether you shared it or whether you sat down and listened to it, whether you listened to one or you listened to all of them. We really appreciate it. We, we couldn't have done any of this. We wouldn't be doing any of this if we feel like it wasn't helping somebody. No. And to, and to get the responses that it's actually helping so many more people than we even imagined in other countries, which is still a trip. But nevertheless, to have people in other countries listening to this yeah. and, and, and giving and giving feedback from it is very promising and it's very it, it makes me feel good. I know it makes you feel good. And so it, it we, we, we just we, we can't wait to get started again. It's reciprocal. You're listening to us and we are listening to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's the plan. Well, we're going to have some of y'all on. We're gonna have some of y'all on. So be careful with those stories, because if it's too good, we're going to message you back. Hey, look. With what I just shared, please. Can't get in. Now, now everything is Zoom. So even if you're in Great. a different city, we'll find you. Yeah, exactly. All right, John Browner, thank you for being a part. No problem. Anytime. You, you the best. You the bestest. <laughs>